Hello, everybody. Welcome to Standard Definition here on Watchers Network. I'm your host, the Latin Insider, Eddie V. Joining me is Bossman himself, Mr. Corey Derrick. Hello. I am here. We are podcasting about the GBA, and I'm quite excited. Yeah. And we have the lovely legend herself, Miss Stephanie Kilmore. Good evening, friends. Hello. Hello, everyone. We are back in the building to do another ranking of Nintendo. You can see we already ranked the NES, we ranked the Game Boy and its various iterations, the Super Nintendo, and the N64. Now it's time for the Game Boy Advance. Yes, this was released in Japan on March 21st, 2001, June 11th in America, and June 22nd in PAL region, so places like Europe and Australia. Uh, it is part of the six generations of consoles. It sold 80.51 million worldwide. There was also the GBA SP and Game Boy Micro. Uh, it had a lifespan of seven years, 2001 to 2000 to uh, to 2008. Seven years. Mm-hmm. Wow. Who got seven years out of their GBA? That's you used to be surprised with the SP. Well, I know the yeah. SP, but yeah, sorry, seven um, years. Jeez. Uh, its code name was Project At- Atlantis. It was designed by French designer Wenel Nicholas and his Tokyo-based design studio, Curiosity Incorporated, and the Game Boy adapter for GameCube was the way to play GBA on TV. So, you guys. Yes. The Game Boy events. Now, it kind of... It had a left and right trigger at the top, I believe, and then a B and A. Yep. With a directional. Yep. Uh, in the middle, it had the screen, which yes. was kind of a little bit wider uh, for it. So they was going for a, a different design. Um, with the SP version, it had a clasp to it. So it kind of like folded down. So you were able to open it, uh, play it, and then, you know, close it. And that became really popular. Well, the, SP, the, the SP was essentially like a single screen DS at that point, right? I mean, that was... That was yes. Uh, that was their kind of prototype for the DS, right? It was like, oh, does mm-hmm. can we make this clamshell design work? And, you know, spoilers, they did, because the SP is awesome. But I actually, I think I prefer the other version better. Like the side, wait, I guess the <laughs> horizontal layout. It just, the SP was superior because it had that internal battery and it had a backlight, which was yes. a first for a <laughs> Game Boy. Yes, and then the Game Boy like Micro was just a smaller one. Guys, did we all have the original purple yes. GBA? Yes, that's the one I, I have. I did. Yes. I unfortunately did not own a GBA. Oh, uh, fired. Get out. Oh, I didn't feel qualified for this as much as the N64 conversation. You're missing one of the best Zelda games, Minish Cap. I know. That's why they should either remake it or put it on NSO for Switch. Oh, Minish Cap is so good. It's on the Wii U also. But the two systems that I don't have, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. 
you're are you even a real Nintendo fan? <gasps> How dare you? Ah, passing judgment. <laughs> Hmm. Well, Stephanie, I gotta ask: Did you ever get a chance to play the GBA or anything? Nope. I just did as much research as I could, so I'm gonna like probably speak the least here. <laughs> oh, so like you didn't like a friend didn't hand it over to you, and you just never. Yeah, believe it or not, no. I think by the time that came out, I started started college. I think what years were they out again? Uh, 2001. June 11th in America. Oh, never mind. I started high school. I don't know. I probably... None of my friends that I made in the new school that I went to Mm. really weren't playing a lot of video games. I think one of them had a PS2 when PS2 eventually came out. Yes. So I I was kind of getting away from that. And I had a Game Boy, the last iteration of a um, a um, portable... um, A mobile... Okay, I can't talk. My brain is really broken this time of night. You know what I mean? And my parents would not get me the next gen up. They're like, hey, if your Game Boy Color still works, we're not getting you another one of those stupid things. Break it. So. <laughs> and you didn't play the Game Boy Advance on the Wii U, correct? No, because I never had a Wii U. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Fail. I literally, I had, all, I had either had or played with every Nintendo console except for those two, Game Boy Advance and Wii U. Those were literally my only two. Okay. Well, I think I think a lot of the reason why the Game Boy Advance had an extended life cycle too is because like the DS and the DS Lite had the Game Boy Advance slot in the bottom, and mm-hmm. like at the time, yeah, there was a lot of interesting DS games, but like it was like Brain Age and Nintendo Dogs and stuff, and those were games that I wasn't really into, and like okay, they had Mario sixty four DS, which was fine, but like a lot of those initial run games for the ds i just wasn't into so i used it as a game boy advance still you know and so i think i think the game boy advance got a lot of life out of uh you know the ds as well you know prolonged some of those things plus like a lot of games were easier to play on the ds like castlevania and metroid which were notoriously dark games on the game boy advance because you know they were developing these games on backlit PCs where you could see everything. You're like, oh, I'm going to make it dark because it's moody. And then when you go to play it on the Game Boy Advance, it was dark because there's no backlight. And you had to use one of those stupid worm lights or, like, hold it up to the streetlight in the car to, like, you know, play every five seconds. Oh, wow. So so that that also didn't have a backlight, huh? All right. That was, like... Mm -mm. They they didn't put the backlight in until the SP, which was the foldable one, so... And that's why I said I had moved my... Playing all my games... Uh, to the uh, Game Boy uh, adapter or uh-huh. GameCube. Yeah, and like I, 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 I love the form factor of the GBA. I think that the horizontal look to it is awesome. Mm-hmm. I love how kind of compact and small it is. I wish, like, if they were to do a Game Boy Classic edition or whatever, like. I would want them to either make a Game Boy Pocket or mm. or a Game Boy Advance, like the first iteration. Uh, because I, I just think the design... Those two consoles in my mind are like peak Nintendo portable design. Those consoles are beautiful consoles. And uh, it was just a shame that there's no backlight on the Game Boy Advance again, despite everybody complaining at the time. I remember people complaining at the time that the Game Boy didn't have a backlight. 
That was like the yeah. big drawback of the Game Boy. Like, yeah, long battery life, great. Uh, great games, awesome. Can't play it in the dark. Can't play it when it's sunny outside. Can't play it, you know, without a light on. And it 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 was it was really hard to play that game. And like I went back because like I was going through a lot of my old consoles and stuff the other day, and I was looking at the I was looking up because I have a box just full of my old Game Boys. So there's like ten of them in there, and I was like, man, the Game Boy Advance is so cool. And I turned it on with like. I don't know. I think Tony Hawk Two was in there because I wanted. I was like, "Oh man, I remember this game being awesome." Which spoilers still is awesome. Game Boy Advance version of Tony Hawk secretly one of the best games on Game Boy Advance, uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But it was I couldn't see anything because our basement's kind of dark even when you turn the lights on, and like I just couldn't see anything. And I was like, "Man, this game, this system would have been top tier, seriously top tier if it just would have had a backlight." And I know you can buy modded ones now, and people are doing that, and uh, that's great. But man, Game Boy Advance top tier. Ah, okay. Well, uh, let's get into some of the notice- noticeable games. Uh, there was Advance Wars, uh, Golden Sun, Mario Luigi, Rock Tie, Castlevania: Aria Sorrow and Circle of the Moon, The Legend of Zelda: Minish Cap, Metal Slug Advance. Metroid Fusion and Metroid Zero Mission. You're not even going to talk about any of the the NES remake games or the you know like the Mario Advance games. Man, um, that is the best it? version. That's the best version of Mario Two, and you're not even going to bring it up, Ed. It's one of our favorite games of all time. But see, I, the remake of Mario Two I played on Super Nintendo with the R Star. It doesn't game. matter. This one's better. It's poor, but I never, I, I never played it on Game Boy Advance. So oh man, no, it's so good. It's so good. Ah oh, man, all so the I I remember the kind of the major complaint about the the it Game Boy Advance as well was like there wasn't a true Mario game on it. it they were all the yes. Mario Advance games were remakes. So like Mario Advance One, what, <laughs> and they didn't come out in order either, right? It was. Mario Advance 1 was Super Mario 2. Uh, Mario Advance 2 was Super Mario World. Mario Advance 3 was Yoshi's Island. And Mario Advance 4 was a remake of Super Mario 3. So, like, they didn't come out in order. There was no proper Mario game. But these, aside from Yoshi's Island, these were, like, the superior versions of these games. And they all had uh, extra content. And, like, the e-reader gave you extra levels in these games as well which was, you know, another crazy feature. Uh, but, like, these these were, like, top-tier Mario remakes, and it it's a shame that, like, nobody ever talks about them. And another reason why I want them to come out with uh, Switch Online uh, stuff is because these Mario games were so good. Well, you know what else I kind of... Well, not what else. Why I would like... Game Boy Advance games to get on NSO, not just because I never got to play the games, but as you know, I'm a Zelda fan, and I I heard this as a complaint, so it's not like I had the experience to, like, Four Swords Adventures, I don't think really got a great shot because it was, there was a it's a it was a lot to ask of players because you need, everyone needed their own Game Boy Advance, right? And their own hookup mm-hmm. to 
a GameCube, I believe, right? So it's just like all of this hardware needed to play this one multiplayer well, game. Well, there was actually two versions of Four Swords. There was Four Swords on the Game Boy, which, yeah, everybody needed their own Game Boy and game and link cable, right? But then there was Four Swords Adventures on the GameCube, which was everybody needed their game and their Game yeah. Boy, and then they needed the GameCube hookup, which it mm-hmm. was a separate thing from than the link cable. And it was like, man, you're like a cool idea but you're asking an awful lot of people you know and it was just like oh my gosh this is ridiculous uh but like i know we talk about this a lot but even even then like nintendo was still trying to find ways to integrate their handheld stuff into their uh console right and like the gamecube we talked a little bit about it already but like the game the game boy player which was really cool uh really hard to find now i sold mine last year uh because i just wasn't ever going to use it and it was worth some money and i was trying to save up for uh you know a series x and a you know the oled switch but like it was really cool uh and then hooking your game boy up to the gamecube right which for like uh pac-man and four swords and yeah uh, the big one was like final fantasy crystal chronicles right the big yep. return for final fantasy to to nintendo was crystal chronicles and by the way not a great game but it was an interesting concept you know and and uh a lot of games started doing that and it was it was also one of the first systems where like Zelda aside, you could have one cartridge and still play with your friends if you had a link cable, right? Mario Kart Super mm-hmm. Circuit was that game that I remember where everybody had to play as Shy Guy, but you could play the entire game with your friends with one cartridge, and it was really cool and interesting. And uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'll shut up now so somebody else can talk. Oh, please nope. keep talking. You need to talk for me because I have very minimal to contribute. <laughs> uh, well, I'm... Oh, go ahead, Corey. Oh, I was just going to say, I remember playing my Game Boy Advance a lot, but I didn't play very many games on it. I played a lot of what I had. You know, I played a lot of mm-hmm. the Mario games. I played Minish Cap. I played Kingdom Hearts and uh, Pokemon Fire Red, which is like the best way to play Pokemon Red. And uh final fantasy tactics advance which was my first experience with final fantasy tactics uh really really great i know there's two fire emblem games on there i never got to play uh you know i i just i really i really truly love the game boy advance and then they had that whole nes line which i played a lot of uh yeah where they remade a lot of the nes games in cartridge form for 20 bucks like donkey kong and zelda and that was the first time I ever played Zelda 1 was on Game Boy Advance. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. And uh, it was super hard, and I hated it. <laughs> I still think Zelda 1 is just... <laughs> it's brutal. I, I mean, in 1986, that game was revolutionary, but, you know, 15 years <laughs> later, that after even after playing, like, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask and even a little bit of what I've played of links uh, of a link to the past and links awakening, like going back to Zelda one and two is rough. This is so yeah. rough. Like those games are just, they just did not age super well. I, I played a lot of uh, super Mario brothers though. And donkey Kong 
and like I think I had probably like six or seven of the NES line. That's how I played the original Metroid for the first time. Uh, I know I say that's one of my favorite NES games, but like I played it on the Game Boy Advance first, and then I sought out the NES cartridge later. Uh, but that game is just a gem. I love the original Metroid game, and uh, the first time I played it was on the Game Boy Advance. So. I played the original on the NES, but I couldn't beat it because I didn't know where to go, and it was just like kicking my tail. And yeah. then Zero Mission came out, and that changed the whole thing because mm-hmm. I now knew it right now because it had a map in that game. Mm-hmm. And when it had a map, I'm like, okay, now I can figure out where I need to go and how I can do it. And then just that little, it, just the way that the game ends and having that other, one more new section that you didn't know that that was mm-hmm. there. It was just like, that That was so cool for them to add on. And, you know, Zero Mission, as challenging as that game is, it's a horror game. It's literally... It, I mean, it's not survival horror because you're Samus, you know. It's a horror yeah. game it's because you would get, like, tensed up and suspense. Like, you would wonder, is, your, is that uh, copycat of you in that room that you're about to go in? And you had to worry about fighting a boss and fighting that thing because it would just randomly appear. And, and there were at times that it was designated to appear there and stuff, and you just had to do your best to hide. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, an, Another game for me was Final Fight 1. Uh, So Final Fight on Super Nintendo only had Cody and Hagger, and it was only one player. Uh, but Final Fight 1 had all three of them on there. And I think you could use the link cable to do two-player on it. Uh, on it. Um, Ghouls, Super Ghosts and Goblins, uh, or Ghouls and Ghosts, were on the Game Boy. And I remember actually getting further in that game. Because uh, I think it had like a save feature on it, too, on the Game Boy Advance. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the Game Boy Advance did a lot of, it was kind of like, and I, I mean, the Super Nintendo did this with a couple games, but it was, it was really Mm -hmm. the the first time we started seeing remasters of games. Yes. You know, and it was really cool and they didn't use that term back then, right? They were just like, oh, we're re-releasing Mario 2, but it looks different. Um, but it, it was really the first time that they actually made some quality of life changes, you know, and, and uh, Zero Mission was one of those games, and I think A Link to the Past had a couple changes in it that made it easier to play. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, the, the Game Boy Advance was just awesome at that, but it was also a really weird, interesting time for uh, third-party games because, like, one of my favorite games on Game Boy Advance was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. And if you're wondering why a Game Boy version of Tony Hawk was so fun, look at look up YouTube videos of Tony Hawk's Tony Hawk 2 on Game Boy Advance. It was like this isometric version of Tony Hawk and like all the levels were there, like every like every single level was intact. There's no kind of you know, fudging it or anything. It was just an isometric view of Tony Hawk. And it was so good. 
Like, all the tricks were there. All the characters were there. I mean, granted, they didn't really have faces or body parts, but they were there, you know. <laughs> and and uh, the leveling system was there. All the, all the, like, collect the skate and secret tapes and knock over all the barrels and stuff. That was all there. And I played... I played so much Tony Hawk 2 on the Game Boy Advance that, like, <clears throat> I I think I wore out a trigger on my Game Boy Advance, uh, and I actually I actually took it in somewhere to get it fixed because I played so much Tony Hawk 2. And uh, it was like they they just did some really cool things with third party games. Uh, I think it was my, also my first experience with Doom. They put Doom on. Game Boy Advance, which now I know the big joke is like they put Doom on everything. I think somebody put it on an electronic Lego brick recently. (laughs) I'm not joking. Like there's a Lego brick with a small screen in it and somebody put Doom on a Lego brick. It's That's awesome. So weird. Uh, But yeah, I mean. question. Yeah. Yeah, because the more you're describing all these games and the fact you're talking about like the first batch of re- um, like remakes or something um, on there, how was the the graphics and and sound chips for that? Because the last portable I had experienced was with Game Boy, and you know the sound mm-hmm. chips weren't that great. Yeah, so. So it was closer to a Super Nintendo. Uh, I would I would say like the graph graphically they were kind of selling it as a 32 bit handheld, uh, but I would say it was like. It was somewhere in between a place or a Super Nintendo and like 2D games on a PlayStation. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. And like I, I just I remember playing so many like Rayman. The first Rayman game was ported to the GBA, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it was so good. Uh, you want to? I know a lot of people talk about Origins and Legends and how great those games are. But the GBA version of Rayman 1 was so good. It was so fun. Uh, I played a lot of that. And uh, I played a lot of Mario Kart Super Circuit, which was, like, way better than Mario 64 and, and Super Mario Kart. Uh, and it and I know nobody ever talks about it because, like, two years after that game came out, Mario Kart uh, DS came out, and that's that was that is the best Mario Kart until Mario Kart 8 comes out, in my opinion. Uh, but man, now that I'm kind of like sitting here talking, by the way, played a lot of Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. Guess what? Card game, Ed. Uh, that, uh, I know it was really bad and I hate card games, but, uh, yeah, played it. Not fun. Cause I don't, I didn't like the card system, but I played it. It's a non-cynical kind of, uh, I just don't like the Kingdom Isn't Hearts Isn't that one of the games? Line one of the games that actually like if you were to play any of those offshoots that's one of the more important it ones, was the or... first it was the first spinoff it came out between it's the story it tells the story what happens between kingdom hearts one and two got yeah okay yeah. that's what i thought okay yeah it well, it, well, well they well, they remade kingdom it hearts... they remade it for playstation 2 after kingdom hearts 2 came out in, in full 3d and like it actually plays like it still has a card building system in it but it's it plays just like a normal kingdom hearts game uh it's available in the hd collection i think yeah because i think while chain of memories is happening 
352 over two days is also happening. Yeah, they kind of happen oh, concurrently dude. because uh, 356 over two days oh, is about the rise of the 13th and 14th member of Organization 13, which actually has a huge part in Chain of Memories. So, uh, yeah. Kingdom Hearts lore, everybody. I know you're here for Game Boy Advance talk, but... <laughs> which was the, you. Kingdom which Hearts Advance. The, uh... Boom. Just that whole storyline of Kingdom Hearts is nonsense. You know what, Ed? You're um, nonsense. Kingdom Hearts is a gem. And which one have you beaten? All of them. Are you sure? I've I've beaten Birth by Sleep, 1, Chain of Memories, 356 over 2 days, 2, Recoded, and uh, what was the 3DS one? Dream Drop Distance. And I just think the the names of them are ridiculous. They are. Yeah, you are correct. <laughs> but yeah. Dream Drop Distance, it was named that way because it was on the 3DS. Yes. Yes. And there's 3Ds in Dream Drop Distance. Um, wow. All right. So you also had uh, Mega Man Zero, and uh, sort of that series, and Mega Man Battle Network on the GBA. Yeah. Did uh, you play those? Like Zero, I did. I enjoyed Zero. Uh, because that Zero, that that zero collection came out on Switch, and it's on sale right now. And I'm like, I'm on this weird, like, I know I'm playing, uh, at time of this recording, I'm playing, oh, by the way, I just remembered, we have to name our patrons. Uh, maybe after this conversation, mm. we'll do that. Yes. Uh, but besides playing Death's Door and Fire Emblem, I've been on this weird nostalgia retro game kick where, like, I want to play games that I never got to when I was younger. Like, mm-hmm. that's why I bought Street Fighter and I reinstalled the Mega Man collection, the first one. And, uh, you know, I've, I'm kind of tinkering with the, you know, Nintendo Switch Online stuff. So, like, I was wondering if you played any of those Game Boy Advance Mega Man games and if it's worth getting the Zero collection on switch i think the zero collection you would enjoy but if you haven't played like the Mega Man series or anything you may not enjoy it uh in effect but i enjoyed it okay but you like uh, Mega but, Man though so i mean yeah and if, if, if the sale is like really cheap i say get it okay if it's like only like ten dollars or something like that i don't know what the sale price is um I'll say get it. Um, surprisingly, though, um, Astro Boy on the GBA, which was done by Treasure, is a really great game. Uh, I know a lot of people didn't like the console versions of it, but they said the one on the GBA, uh, because Treasure did it, was a really good version of that game. Because I think the movie, I think they were doing the, the Astro Boy movie at that time when it yeah. came out. I remember people liking that quite a bit, actually. So I didn't play it, so I don't know. But yeah. Um, oh, the other game that I played a lot of was uh, the the Mario vs Donkey Kong. Yeah. Game, which was really interesting. It was like a it was like a new take on the classic Donkey Kong, like arcade Donkey Kong games. Mm-hmm. And it was it was like this. It was more of a puzzle game than an actual make your way up the ladder to save Pauline or Peach or whatever. 
but it was really fun. I love those games. I wish they would make a new one because March of the Minis, I think, was the DS one. Uh-huh. And it would that one was cool, but that very first one on GBA was a, I would say, an underrated masterpiece, in my opinion. My, my, my mom, she had the DS. She had the March of the Minis. She had her own DS for that game. Mm-hmm. Um, she never played it on the GBA because uh, she didn't buy one for herself. But when she got into, when she played that series, she was into it. Yeah, it's a, it's cool. It's a cool. It's so cool. I, man, when that game came out, I was obsessed. I was obsessed. Aww. I played a lot more GBA than I realized. Now that we're talking about it, I was like, I was coming into this episode. I was like. Man, I don't know if I have a lot to talk about GBA because I don't really remember a lot about it. But like mm. now that we're talking about it, and I am kind of like I have a list of GBA games in front of me just to kind of like stir my memory about it. But like I played a lot of GBA, and this is coming from someone who didn't really care for handheld gaming all that much, except for like Tetris and you know a little bit of Pokemon and whatever else, right? And so, man, GBA. Oh, I heard. I know we mentioned it at the the beginning of the podcast about the Castlevania games on GBA. Yes. Um, out of all the collections that have been coming out, would you say the GBA collections are the best in the Castlevania series? Because that's what I've been told. I so. Go it, ahead. So it depends on which Castlevania games you prefer. You prefer the linear two D ones, or do you prefer? The Metroid or the Adventure Exploring ones, I should say. I won't say Metroidvania. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, because the thing about it is, when they got to, when, after Symphony of the Night came out, they switched to that style for Castlevania. The last mm-hmm. four, the last linear one that came out before Contra Rebirth, I mean, Castlevania Rebirth, was um, Castlevania Bloodlines on the Sega Genesis. Mm hmm. That was the last time they did level Castlevania. Yeah. So um, it depends on just which ones that you will enjoy. I think I. The, oh, go ahead. Oh, Corey. oh, sorry. I didn't. I didn't realize you're continuing. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no. Oh, I, I was just gonna say, um, if you enjoy like Symphony of the Night or the adventure ones that that kind of design, then yes, Castlevania, yeah. the the advanced ones. Because I didn't get to play them. Mm-hmm. I have it on Xbox. Uh, and I want to go through them, but I never got a chance to play them. Uh, they're a little bit challenging, but they're more easier to get into because you can level up, get stronger, find find the right weapon that fits you, and be able to fight these bosses. Mm-hmm. So it's easier than the old ones because, like, um, you know, Castlevania's Simon's Quest, that has bad localization, so you weren't able. To, you had to literally play that game with a guy to find out what to do next and what the right right tricks to do, uh, so you uh, get the correct ending. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. All right, cool. So, yeah, I would I would say uh, Circle of the Moon. I think a lot of people consider that, uh, and then like the DS ones, which aren't coming anytime soon to the switch i'm assuming but like that line the gba and the ds games are the closest games to uh symphony of the night that people always point to and say those games are the games if you're gonna if you want to play great castlevania games that are not symphony of the night they point at the gba and ds ones 
Yeah. I just bought the advanced collection because Castlevania is a big sore spot in my gaming history. So I have both collections now and I'm just gonna I'm gonna try to go through them, even though I know they're all extremely difficult. Well, see, that's the thing. I saw the them on sale for the summer sale, and I'm like, I think it's the GBA ones that I, I want to get. So mm-hmm. I say go with that one because yeah. the the they, regular Castlevania ones are very challenging. I wonder okay. if the advanced collection lists them in order because there is a story to the advanced ones. Okay. Uh, that like you, I mean, not that they're great storytelling or anything, but like, you know, I think Circle of the Moon is the the first one and then mm-hmm. what aria of sorrow i think is the second one aria of sorrow is the second one because uh-huh. donna sorrow is the sequel to aria of sorrow yeah yeah mm. which is the first ds one right so yeah. yes yeah dawn of sorrow ds yeah okay yeah uh and so like i'm excited to see these collections on the switch right like i i Every time a one of these classic collections pops up, I tr- try to at least get them. You know, I ca- I really want the Capcom fighting collection one because like Dark Soccer's is one of the great fighting games of all time. I hear, and I really want to play it. Like, I'm, yeah, I never got to play it. I'm really, I'm just really on this retro kick right now. You know, I and I want to play all these games, and like, I really hope Nintendo decides to put Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games on. Uh. Yes. Because, like, those two Fire Emblem games are games that I never played and I really want to. Because, you know, since I think, like, a lot of people, Awakening really, like, proved that Fire Emblem could hit mainstream. And that's when I got into it and I never went backwards, you know? Because, mm. I mean, they're so hard to find now and they're so expensive if you do find them. Even the, yes. D- even the DS one, what, uh, Shadow Dragon, I think something like that like those are all extremely difficult to find so i just want to play these games although i think i did buy most of these games on the wii u virtual console uh which rip if you didn't buy anything (laughs) because (laughs) you can't add i think you can still add eShop credit but you can't add your credit card is that the deal right now yes okay Mm -hmm. yes um stupid the one thing with the GBA is there is a lot of licensed games, like that of the kids games, mm-hmm. um, for it. So, um, also, by, before you get into licensed games, then the best, some of the best two D Sonic games are on the Game Boy Advance. Yes, Sonic Advance and Sonic Advance Two are some of the best Sonic games ever made. That's all I wanted to say. That's really all I yes. wanted to say. I did I forgot there was Ninja Turtles on the GBA. They're not good. Move along. Oh, wow. uh, okay. Actually, That's... the one there was one side-scrolling one that was okay. That was it was uh, it was not Battle Nexus because I think that's the second one. But they made side scroll. Remember the the they had three games on the GameCube that were based off that second iteration of the cartoon and the Game Boy Advance had the side-scrolling versions of those games which the first one was it was it was good not great like it wasn't it's no Turtles in Time or Hypostone Heist mm-hmm. uh, but 
I will give it to them that they try they tried to make those games and they were okay. Right? But man, Battle Nexus and uh what, Mutant Nightmare, I think was the third one, was just oh, they were they were not good. They were slow, they had frame rate issues. I think one of them just totally froze if you went to a certain area. It was just they were not great. First one was okay. Yeah. Uh, that's Where's Lamont when much, <laughs> That's pretty much all that I have because uh, uh, I didn't really buy a lot of licensed games. Like I said, a lot of the Game Boy event stuff, uh, I just got like kind of like here and there because, uh, yeah, I I think when it came to like the Game Boy events, I was getting games and I did enjoy it, but I think I didn't really rank up my list of games until I got the DS, you know, because mm-hmm. by that time I had my own job and I was able to buy mm-hmm. my own games and buy more. Uh, we did. And so we did get a lot of good experiments on, on this console though. Right. I mean, yes. can we talk about some of those a little bit? Like uh Boktai, you know, with the, mm. with, you know, in order to like kind of play the game, you had to be in sunlight. I know. Wow. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, also, wa- the WarioWare game was on there with the cartridge that had like the the gyroscope in it because you had to like uh-huh. twist your Game Boy Advance. What was it? WarioWare Twisted, I think it was called. And like all the mini games revolved around you moving and twisting your Game Boy Advance. That was that was super interesting. Uh, Yoshi's uh, Topsy Turvy. Oh God! Uh, it features a built-in tilt sensor, uh, which is used to manipulate the game's environment by tilting the uh, Game Boy Advance left to right. The player can tilt the game area, causing enemies and other objects to slide as the direction of gravity changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this gameplay mechanic is used to solve puzzles or puzzles or aid Yoshi in completing levels. The game received mixed reviews. Though. Yeah. Well, that's Nintendo trying to, you know, do something different, right, and innovative, whether or not it's successful. So I, I'm happy I'm learning about all this stuff. Yeah, I mm-hmm. like the more we talk about Game Boy Advance, the more it's like, I feel like the Game Boy Advance, you can point to it and said, you know, after the Super Nintendo, they have really kind of perfected pixel art 2D games yes. on a lot of these games. Even like the remakes of Pokemon were awesome. Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green were, like, I'm not the biggest Pokemon guy, especially after Silver, right? Like, I just don't know anything that happened after those games. But, man, replaying Fire Red with, like, 16-bit color graphics with, like, Mm -hmm. real music and, like, these cute redesigned Pokemon from the anime. And, like, it it was, like, everything I ever wanted, you know? Because this is the that's the remake of the original mm-hmm. ones, I yeah. think. Yeah, Fire Red and Leaf Green were the remakes of Red and Blue, uh, because in Japan, uh, Blue was actually green. Uh, <laughs> of course, I don't know why, but uh, yeah, th- those games like I know those games are worth a ton of money now, even op- like cartridge only. I think somebody posted in our Discord or in a, one of our chats that like they found Fire Red for like. $70 and that was a good deal. So Oh wow. Um yeah, if you have a copy of that, just hold on to it or 
if you don't want it, sell it for a pretty penny. Uh, yeah, that Fire Red is like one of the all-time great remakes of all time, and I got that f- feeling a little bit when they announced Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, you know, because I was like, oh, these this is the remakes, this is a true remake of like, you know, Red and Blue, and then obviously I had like the Pokemon Go mechanics in it. It wasn't exactly that, but like mm-hmm. when they first showed it off, I was like all about it and. It was super disappointing. Uh, but also, like, my first experience with a tactics game was on the Game Boy Advance, right? Because I never had a PlayStation, but I always heard how great Final Fantasy Tactics was. Yes. And they made Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, which was great. It was a really fun tactical RPG, and I really loved it. It was so much fun. Uh, also, the Mario and Luigi RPGs spawned here. Mm-hmm. Which I would argue are the true successors to Mario RPG, not Paper Mario. But uh, the writing is so good in Mario and Luigi. If you have a 3DS, like find these games. These games are just a joy to play. Uh, the writing is so good. The they're funny. Like the comedy in these games are great. The enemies are great. Like uh, I think Partners in Time is actually like one of the more interesting ones where you are Mario and Luigi, but you also have baby Mario and baby Luigi. Yeah. And you have to, like, you know, manipulate them in a way. Uh, Dream Team was really good, which was the DS one. uh, Luigi's Dream Team or something. I still feel like Inside Bowser's Story is. (laughs) Well, (laughs) yeah, I mean, uh, Bowser's Story is the... uh, Bowser's Inside Story. Yeah, I think a lot of people point to that one as, like, the best one. Uh, which they also remade on the 3DS. So, uh, and it's so funny oh, just so right in that game. <laughs> like if you want, if you want a good laugh, play these games and yeah. just laugh. It's they're just a joy. I hope we get one. I hope we get one or like a collection on the Switch of these games because they are just uh, worth a play. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, also, like Ed, you mentioned Advance Wars, which I never played, but I can hear Leron jumping up and down, and mm-hmm. I know we didn't really mention it, but now that we mentioned it, he can. Well, be happy. it's a trigger for him now because the the reboot has been delayed over and over again. That it's coming, it's coming out soon. I know. It's coming, and I and I said with the next, I feel like with the next Nintendo Direct, mm-hmm. well, Nintendo, talk more about it. Nintendo doesn't have anything big in August. That feels like an August game. There's nothing big coming out really in August except for like Madden, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know that they it would be a good palate cleanser to Xenoblade for someone mm-hmm. right before Splatoon comes out in September, right? I I just I feel like August is a great spot for Advance Wars. Yeah, uh, and 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 like I said, like even with the delay, I feel like Wait for it and Nintendo has been working on that game, polishing some mm-hmm. stuff up. I wonder if they're polishing it up and adding content too. I have like, a feeling, yeah. Because if I if I remember correctly, Advance Wars One was like really short, even though it was a tactical game. Like I feel mm-hmm. like the first one was short, and the second one was like it was a little bit longer. But putting those two games in one package is like one full game. I wonder if they'll add anything from Battalion Wars or uh, what you know, whatever those the. That was the GameCube version, right? Battalion Wars? Yeah. Wars? Yeah, I wonder if they'll put anything in there or something. But that seems like a good August game. 
So, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything else left to say about Game Boy Advance. I feel like I talked the whole time. I thought <laughs> I, Ed, I, I thought you were gonna have a lot to say, Ed. But no, I I, I would have more to say on the DS when it comes to it because. Uh-huh. Uh, the DS had more games that I play and bought and experienced than I have with the GBA. And I think definitely with, you know, having the PlayStation 2, having the Dreamcast, uh, mm-hmm. having the GameCube, even the Xbox, a lot of my uh, handheld gaming uh, was there a little bit, but the console gaming really took over into the DS game. Because once DS Lite dropped, mm-hmm. man, it was, it was like... I wasn't. I won't say I was re-energized for a handheld, but there were just so many great DS games on that system yeah. that just blows the GBA out. Yeah, I remember I bought a PSP over a DS, and I didn't really care for the PSP, and so I ended up getting a DS Lite like six months later when they like because like right when I was about to buy a DS, they showed off the DS Lite, and I was like, I'm waiting for that, and then I ended up getting that. Which is funny because I only played like <laughs> like five games on the PSP. I did not care for that console at all. I wish I would have known people were hacking it and making it an emulation machine because I would have done that. Uh, they, uh, uh, I think Chris Coulter, or not Chris Coulter, uh someone showed Miyamoto a hacked PSP and it had Nintendo games on it. And mm-hmm. Miyamoto didn't know what's going what, like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean... The PSP, the only games I played on it were the two God of War games, uh, Kingdom Hearts. Uh, there was a f- the Final Fa- the War of- War of the Lion. I almost said War of the Monsters. War of the Lions. Uh, Final Fantasy Tactics game was on there, and Daxter maybe, which you know, like that. I think that was it. Yeah, that, I, was Daxter. that was it. I did not care for the PSP at all. You didn't watch no movies on it? No, so I watched Spider-Man 2 because it came with it, and I watched it on an airplane to Disney World, and I was like, oh, well, that's the last time I'm doing that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Remember when Sony thought that those were going to be the next big thing? <laughs> the UMDs. UMDs? Universal Media Disc, and the only thing you can play them in is your PSP. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. Xbox had the HD DVD. Yeah. Sony had well, that Blu-ray. made sense. HD DVD made sense at the time because you move from DVD to HD DVD. No, I think a lot of people actually thought HD DVD was going to take over, right? But then, like, Sony started giving away blue, five Blu-rays per Blu-ray player, and then all of a sudden you're in the ecosystem because you got fr- five free ones, including right. me. I still have my HD DVD hookup for my 360. <laughs> oh, wow, that's amazing. King Kong, and I think I have a couple Harry Potter movies. I think that's it. Oh, wow. Anyways. <laughs> Blu-ray obviously run out. but Yeah. So, uh, I think it's time just to go ahead and rank this one, because I don't have no more to say about GBA. Before we rank, do we want to acknowledge oh, yeah, our patrons? Our, yeah, our patrons. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you go over to patreon.com slash network, you can support us directly through our subscription program, uh, we give a, a few perks for those who subscribe at a dollar. You get standard definition after dark expansion pass and the boss Rush podcast early. If you subscribe for just a dollar, 
Uh, all of our content is free, by the way. You don't have to do this. It's just a way for you to directly support us as a team, as a content team. Uh, if you do support us, we really appreciate it. If you don't support us, you can always leave a great review on iTunes or Spotify uh, or subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Network. But if you do, head over to patreon.com slash Network for just a dollar. You get those early access. But if you subscribe at the $5 tier, you become a Patreon producer. What does that mean? It means you get your name shouted out on this here program as well as our other content here on the Boss Rush Network, including... Well, I shouldn't say including. I should say our Patreon producers for this episode are Quentin Jackson, Rebecca Jewell, Adriel Munger, and my wife, Sana Dierig. Uh, quick note, we are recording this on June 26th. So uh, if you subscribed after that date, you will hear your name on other content. Uh, we just try to record standard definition in a uh, kind of like a group capacity here. So uh, sorry if we didn't get you on this episode. Just that quick note there. Uh, but we do appreciate our patrons, our Patreon producers, and all of our free listeners. Obviously, uh, we do this uh, to entertain you, keep your mind off things, whatever's going on in the world. And we really, really appreciate you guys. So thank you for listening. Now on to the rankings, I guess. A quick reminder, everybody, if I can open up the Discord here. Our current rankings sit as follows. Uh, Yeah, we have a new number one. We do, and I kind of have a feeling it's going to stay that way for now. But our current ranking is number one, Nintendo 64, number two, the Game Boy, number three, the Super Nintendo, and four, the NES. Uh, I mean, for me, this would probably sit right underneath the Nintendo 64, but I know that it's probably going to be lower on everybody's list because just for lack of, you know. I, I would I would put it under the Super Nintendo. Uh, you know, I would... That's well, actually, what... no. Yeah. I well, if you think about it, the best Super Nintendo games are on the GBA. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I I think my ranking would be N64, Game Boy, uh, Game Boy, uh, Super Nintendo, Game Boy Advance, NES. That's I mean that's kind of where I was sitting. Even though I would have it higher, I'm just trying to think of it realistically in terms of the panel here, where it would probably sit. I would think about putting it above Super Nintendo just because those games are available natively on the Game Boy Advance. But the Game Boy Advance don't have like like Turtles in Time and Super Metroid and Chrono Trigger and Secret of Mana. Like those yeah, really good classics. Yeah. Historically like what what they've contributed, I just feel like Super Nintendo just I don't know. Yeah, did but, a lot more than GBA did, but yeah. But I mean, yeah. what you lack in Super Metroid, you have Zero Mission and Fusion. What you lack in, you know, uh, Chrono Trigger, you have the four and six remakes of Final Fantasy and a Tactics Advance Two. You know, and I, I, you know, that's that's where my argument instantly goes. But also, like, I know that arguing against Chrono Trigger and Super Metroid is like a, you know. Where this is your guys' weak spot, Super Nintendo is my weak spot. So, again, I'm not really going to argue against that. Uh, so, 
and again, like I said on the Nintendo 64 episode, there's going to be some heartbreakers on this list. So, uh, yeah. so definitely above NES, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So we would put slot it at number four right under the Super Nintendo. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Okay. Four. Game Boy Advance. Then we'll change the NES to number five. Man, I'm kind of surprised the NES is that low. <laughs> no, I feel bad. <laughs> well, I, well, I think because of the investment in technology and investment in games, mm-hmm. you know, the NES is like the beta. You know, it's kind of like the birth to a lot of video game uh, history for a lot of people. And, you know, there's just so many classics uh, with this modern age and even with the Super Nintendo that kind of started a lot of people getting into more genres than the NES would. And plus, people who had the NES, like, you really had to blow your cartridge if it collected a lot of dust and stuff. And in all all fairness, um, because who knows, maybe you'll get a, a bad review just because we ranked it at number five right now, but... You know, it's sitting at number five doesn't make it a bad console. I mean, we're yeah. all ranking like cream of the crop. Like Nintendo yeah. puts out amazing hardware in addition to their software IPs. But, yeah. 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 Unfortunately, like going forward, like I don't see the NES moving from there. I could be wrong. I haven't. I mean, I have opinions on other consoles that I know are people's other opinions, but it's fine. We'll get there when we get there. Uh but yeah, I mean, so our current ranking sits as follows: the Nintendo sixty four is number one. I'm kind of surprised. Uh, Game Boy at number two, Super Nintendo at number three, Game Boy Advance at number four, and NES at number five. Uh, the next console is what? The GameCube? Is that what the next thing we're doing? Yes, it is. Ooh. I kind of have a feeling the Nintendo sixty four is going to be uh, dethroned. <laughs> Let's not talk about it right now. No. Oh, I was looking at my GameCube games earlier today. Man, that game that I I'm so sad that half of my collection is missing because that that console has some bangers, some real bangers. Hey, let the N64 bask in its place while it lasts, okay? It's I want to ride that high I know. and then deal with GameCube when we get there. I know. Oh. <sighs> All right, Ed. <laughs> Let's let's get out of here. Get us out of here. <laughs> All right, uh, Stephanie, where can we find you? Listeners can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Klimov, K-L-I-M-O-V underscore author. My articles on BossRush.net and Bo- BossRush podcast Wednesday nights and a bunch of other podcasts I just pop up on. All right, Corey, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at HD. You can find me on Nintendo Power Block, the Boss Rush Podcast, and a bunch of other things here on the Boss Rush Network. Yes, and you guys can find me at that retro code and on Twitter and Instagram, uh, Nintendo Power Block, uh, and Expression Pass, and other podcasts here at Boss Rush, uh, Boss Rush Network, and on our YouTube page. You can find me there. But then, everybody, have a great week. Have a great weekend. Our next ranking is going to be the Nintendo GameCube. Get ready, because oh, it's that... going to be a discussion. I feel like that episode's going to be super long. 
<laughs> you probably will. Well, I, I, right... I just, oh, I just feel like that's the first console where we all have something to say about it in a real mm-hmm. detailed manner, you know. And it's, I'm excited for the GameCube discussion. I really am. <laughs> yeah, we might have to just record the one that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nope. it might be like four hours long. I mean, it might be. <laughs> and with that, everybody, we will see you next time on the ten. Oh my goodness. We'll see you next time on Stand the Definition. Bye, everybody. Bye. It's late. It's fine. Yeah. One day. You're off by one day. It's okay.